Right, welcome everybody. This is the uh, first instalment of the Left Back in the Change Room podcast. Um, I'm joined with uh, Craig. Yeah, you're right. Um, so the premise of this podcast is that uh, we basically talk about football because we can't play it. Um, you know, with COVID and everything, um, our seasons have been cancelled. And um, yeah, we just thought it's a good idea to start talking about football. Um, today's episode, we're going to look at the FA Cup final. Um, we're going to look at how to improve um, both of our teams, respectively, this summer in the transfer window. And then we're going to end a little segment on the best or the most exciting young player to look out for in the 2020-21 season. So just before we get into the FA Cup, Craig, do you want to tell everyone about who you support, why you support them, and let's go with your favourite player? Well, um, 14 times yesterday, Arsenal, uh, obviously London club, this is just who I support. Favourite player's got to be a Bamiang, realistically. Yeah, fair If enough. we're talking now, of all time, it's got to be Thierry Henry. Ooh, good shout just for what he did for the club. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, he's just, he was just world class, really, wasn't he? Well, I mean, he was just Thierry Henry, realistically. Like, realistically, just Thierry Henry. I mean, he did all of what he did and then he came back so old, back to the club and did it again. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It was just, he was just class. Got the statue, yeah. well deserved. <laughs> came here, did it, got the statue, went on. It's just brilliant. You've never really seen anyone like him at the club ever since, in the Premier no. League ever since, like a striker. I mean, no, definitely not. Not in an Arsenal shirt, anyway. <laughs> um, I myself, I'm a Chelsea fan, have been all my life. Um, the reason I support Chelsea, uh, it was partly because I have family that lived near there and partly because my neighbour was a Chelsea fan, and he got me into football. So, naturally, I kind of just started supporting Chelsea. Uh, Favourite player currently is got to be Christian Pulisic. Like, he, the way he is on the ball is just it's incredible. Of all time, I've got to say John Terry. Really? We've... I was expecting more Didier Drogba, kind of. Mate, no, don't get me wrong. Didier Dropper is the greatest striker that's played in the Premier League. But there has not been a centre-back that's played for England or Chelsea since John Terry retired that's been better. And you could even argue before. I mean, yeah, right, they had Bobby Moore in England. And other than that, Chelsea haven't really had much defensive-wise. But yeah, John Terry for me is the greatest Chelsea player of all time. I would expect a lot more candidates, like you know, Didier Jogba, Frank Lampard. But I, players. I wouldn't have you, expected John Terry to be up there. For one. Yeah, but this is the thing: John Terry is so underrated. Like you can, you could. It sounds awful, but you could have a million and one Frank Lampards, but you could also have. I don't think there's a million and one John Terrys out there. I think John Terry was. One in a million. Defenders are so, in high demand at the moment. Yeah, exactly. They're I mean, be in high demand. Yeah, <laughs> especially. I mean, could you imagine? We might actually concede a lot less if we had John Terry at the back, or even though we have got Kepa. But anyway, right. Let's move on to the FA Cup. So obviously, like you said, fourteen times 
congratulations. Hope you're happy. I just, I'm, obviously, I'm over the moon with it. That was the most shambolic game of football I've ever seen. Don't. It Absolute was, shambles. It was poor. It was very I mean, poor. Conceding <laughs> after six minutes was uh, was one thing that I'd like to forget, but I think I uh, handled it well. But uh, you have to you have to talk about Anthony Taylor. Uh, uh, I don't do I have to. I don't rather not. <laughs> to be honest, I think the only decision that was wrong was the Kovacic red card. I think. See, this is the thing. People, a lot of people didn't notice it, but Mount got a yellow card for a tackle he had on Sabios in that yeah. game. Yeah. And although yes, Mount did get taken off. I think part of the reason Mount got taken off was because of that yellow card. And if you look at the foul, like I remember watching it back when they showed the replay, even the commentators were sitting there going like, why has he been given a yellow card? It shouldn't even be a foul. Mount got to the ball before Sabios did. And Sabios was half on the floor before Mount even touched him. But yeah. look, at the end of the day, you've got to do one or two things. Either you have to just accept the fact that referees are humans and they're going to make mistakes. Or you've got to allow VAR to come in on more decisions. Because at the moment, they can only come in on, what is it, Red offsides? Cards, straight reds. Yeah, straight, straight reds, reds, offsides, yeah. and um, mistaken identity, I think. Yeah, exactly. So when you when you do that, all right, yes, Kovacic wasn't a straight red, but surely they should be reviewing it because ultimately the player would have been sent off well, sorry, the player could have avoided being sent off if it had gone to VAR and they had realised, oh, wait, that's not a yellow card tackle. If anything, it's more of a foul on Kovacic than than anything else. So I don't even know whether VAR was plugged in for that game. They didn't go to it uh, once. Not one decision. Was, the only, uh, well, the penalty decision they did. The penalty decision kind of went through pretty quick, didn't it? Well, I, I, I reckon the penalty was a penalty. I don't think um, you can argue it was a no, 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 no. I, I, the only thing that I'd argue is that when do you can see? They said on the VAR that the foul started outside of the box, but the main focus point, focusing point of the foul, was in the area. It's when in the area when he got pushed over. Yeah. But then, but then, if they're going to openly admit that the foul started outside of the box, then surely it's a free kick. Like I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying. Don't get me wrong. It was. It was a definite penalty. But I'm saying, by, based off of that description, you would think free kick. Things. I think. It, I think it was just more shoulder to shoulder aggression outside the box. And then when they got in the box, that's when the actual. Yeah, that's when the arm went across. Happened. Yeah, that's when the arm went across. That's when he went down. That's when the penalty was awarded, which I think is fair enough. You know. Oh yeah, no. Don't get me wrong. It, you deserve. You deserve the penalty in, t- in the sense of it was a foul. Um, and you were all over us. That first, I say after the te- first 10 minutes, no, I wouldn't even say that, maybe. After the drinks break, I thought... Coming to the end of the half, after that penalty, we were... Oh, you were all over us. Like, if we the half had been, if it had been, we had had another injury and we had had 10 minutes added time, you're getting a second goal and you're going into one up at half time. 100%. That's another thing. Those injuries. Oh, crap. Those injuries really, really screwed you over. I don't I mean, think the Aspilicueta one did because I actually think Christiansen was more solid in defence than Aspilicueta was. But I think the one you have to talk about is the Pulisic one. Oh, no, no, no. The Pulisic one is massive. Pulis- and also, Pulisic he was in pain. 
How oh, long yeah. is he going to be out? I don't know. But I'm I'm less bothered now because Pedro's or Pedro. Well, doesn't matter. Pedro's gone and Pedro's injured. So poor Roma, where we've got a half functioning Pedro coming to their squad. Um, but oh, what's his face? Uh, we've got Werner coming in, and Werner can play on the right, and then we just start William or Mount on the left, depending on you know who stays and what Frank wants to do. Um, well, they, they definitely reckon William isn't staying. They reckon William's off. But I, they, I'll be honest. They don't know whether it's going to be Barcelona or Arsenal. Do you? All right, that's there's a question for you. Do you want William at the team next year? We don't need him. Really? As simple as we don't need him. You've only got realistically. I'm I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you. Aubameyang isn't staying. Right. So that means your left winger is gone because he hasn't been playing striker because you've been playing in Ketia and Laka. Mm-hmm. So your left winger's gone. May, all right. Yes, Maitland Niles forward but he's been playing what left back is it left back right right wing back left 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 Left. wing back left mid left back you know so you can push Maitland Niles up but then you've got okay you've got Tierney to fill in at left back and then then what you need another centre back or you need another left back right you've got Pepe he's he can only play on the right Hmm. to be realistic he can only play on the right hand side we've got Bakayo Saka Oh, I forgot about Saka. Bakar Saka can play left, right, middle. Yeah, he can, he's played everywhere this season. And all over the gaff, everywhere except for the goal. He's, he's, he has literally played left back, left mid, centre mid, left wing, right wing. Are you, he and didn't he play... Oh, he hasn't played striker. He's played pretty much everywhere else. He's played right mid as well. Christ. Oh, but then, then, do you, then do you use William... For the same purpose, we bought Giroud as like a backup if needed. And I would say if we can get him on a free contract, then it'd be be an all right signing. It'd be it'd be okay. I mean, to be fair, he's getting quite old now, isn't he? But see, that's the thing because I think Chelsea is stupid because all the clubs are going to know that his contract ends in what like a matter of weeks now. So they know that unless he reaches a new contract with Chelsea they can just wait for him to become a free agent and snap him up for nothing. Well, obviously wages, but, you know, I mean, like not have to pay a transfer fee. So, you literally, you've got to just wait for his contract to end and then you've only got to walk across the road another 10 minutes and then you're outside his house <laughs> and then you've got to just put a contract on the table and he'll probably sign it. I can't see him go to Barcelona because what would be the point? I don't know, Barcelona, Barcelona are dodgy with their transfers at the moment. Yeah, Barcelona have been doing some... I mean, there's a lot of rumour of us getting Coutinho, and if that goes through, I, I don't understand Barcelona's benefit out of that deal if they're only getting Guendouzi. Uh, I guess the whole... Like, like, I mean, like I was saying to you the other day about um, Barcelona's midfield, if you take out the young and put in uh, Pjanic... Their midfield's got a combined age of over a hundred. Like you, yeah. you, you I, okay? Don't get me wrong. La Liga isn't exactly a fast-paced game like the Premier League is, mm. but still, it's not. It's not like the. I don't know. 
the Kazakhstan League. Like you're not playing against shit house players. You're playing against decent players. And the last thing you want is an ancient midfield. Surely. Yeah. Or am I or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um well that's kind of moved us on nicely to transfers that will uh, improve our team. So we'll start with Arsenal. Um because obviously other than the FA Cup, you haven't exactly had the best of seasons. Um, so, Craig, where, where, what position do you think Arsenal need to improve the most? Defensively, obviously. I think most no. clubs in the league will agree that any team needs to improve defensively in the Premier League at the moment because other than Liverpool, everyone's got pretty shaky defences. Fair I mean, enough. Obviously, Chelsea, they've got problems with Kepa and their goalkeeper and yeah. a couple of their centre-backs. Man United, Harry Maguire hasn't really paid out as much as they thought he would. Uh, it's us, we're probably the most inconsistent defensively going. Yeah, I I'd mean, say I'd put, I'd put... The only reason I'd put Chelsea above you in that category is because we've conceded more goals than a team that's been relegated. Hmm. We've conceded. I think we've. It's either we've conceded more goals than Bournemouth, or the same amount of goals as Bournemouth. But obviously, we've just horrific amount more. Yeah. So we've somehow got fourth. Um, but no, yeah, a hundred percent. I'd I'd agree with you on that. You do need a defender. So, who are you bringing in to bolster up Arsenal's defense? To be fair, I'm. I'm... Next next season, we haven't actually been rumoured with any centre backs other than John Stones. But as far as John Stones go, I'm I'm not really interested <laughs> yeah, in that kind of yeah. in that kind of improvement. We've <laughs> got uh we've got Saliba. He was there for the FA Cup final. He was there. Oh, yeah, I, saw I reckon I reckon Saliba could improve our defence next season. We've still got mm. David Luiz, who if he can perform like he has done in the FA Cup final and semi final, will be a very mm. solid defender. And I still rate Rob Holding. I mean, he did have a couple of... Let's be honest with ourselves. He did have a couple of howlers. He had a couple final. of mistakes in the final, but otherwise he was fairly solid. He was he was all right. He, he wasn't too bad. But mm. I reckon our best signing this season, if we can get it across, doesn't even have to be a signing from another. We just need to get a Bamiyang another contract. Really? We need to get a Bamiyang contract. Otherwise... If we're talking, if we're just talking about, if we can get a Bamiyang contract, that would be massive. But in terms of normal signings, I reckon it's got to be Party. We need really? another, either Party or buying Sabios permanently. So do you think what's so what's your logic with Party playing as like a holding midfielder that sits in front so of the back three? He's, yeah, he's done it. He, he's done it at Atletico Madrid for how many years? He's just yeah. solid. Yeah, true. But he's not getting. This is the thing. Nowadays, you've got to look at the age of players. And don't get, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's old. I think he's about 26. Oh, is he? I yeah. thought he was older than that. I thought he was in his like late 20s, like 28, I'm talking. Oh, in that case, then, yeah. Partey, get him in. Um, you said, you mentioned the defence, though. What? Obviously, I'm guessing you're saying centre-backs. You want to improve, mm. right? Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts... Um, centre backs wise, like if you any centre back, obviously, be you have to be realistic. You can't be just say like, yeah. "I'm gonna go out and sign Mateus Delit, Umpermencano, 
Um, and Marquinhos, like, you know, be, be realistic with it. Who do you think would come into the Arsenal team and get you back in top four? It's difficult. It's difficult, really, because there, there has actually there's been a lot of speculation between Arsenal and uh, Barcelona from Titi. Okay, and Titi could be all right. Obviously, there was a lot between Umpamencano, mm. but he's just signed a three year deal with RB Leipzig. Oh, I did not know that. So the chances of that happening are lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, not impossible. I mean, I don't know how much. They're going to price him, but it's going to be ridiculous. The amount well, if he's, if he's on a three-year contract, he's going to you're going to be paying off, you know, above and beyond what you should be paying for him. It's going to be a ridiculous. They're going to they're going to really up the price now that they've got him on a contract and that he wants to stay at the club. Clearly, mm. you see, yeah, I a, mean, yeah, it makes sense. There was a lot between Boateng, but he's too old. There's no there is no point in spending money to get Jerome Boateng in our team. There's, I just don't see the real benefit of what that. If, what if then, and this is a bit obviously a massive what if, same with David Luiz. You're obviously saying David Luiz. I'm not going to say he's at the end of his career because he isn't. He's got a good few seasons left in him, but he's not exactly in his prime. No. If you could sign Jerome Browatim for around about the same price that you sold, uh, uh, that you sold, sorry, um, that you bought David Luiz, are you then happy to get Jerome Boateng in your starting three centre-backs or not? It's a bit, because I think we signed David Luiz for about eight million. Yeah, around about that. Obviously, I doubt Bayern are going to let Boateng go for eight million, realistically. I doubt they will. And I reckon money's better spent elsewhere. I don't reckon it's worth it. It's the same as we've been linked so heavily with this Jolson Fernandez kid out in Portugal to pay forty million release clause for a nineteen-year-old who hasn't even started in the Portuguese league yet. He's he hasn't started. He's in their under twenty-ones uh, squad. And you're going to pay forty million for someone who hasn't played first-team football? I think he. I think he has played first-team football, but I think he's only been cup matches and he's only played about four. Oh my god. Well, you listen. I, I'd I'd happily see Arsenal waste forty million on a uh, <laughs> an under twenty ones player, but that's that's got to be worrying. Surely, I mean, I wouldn't say your midfield is weak. Obviously, like you said, Sabios is only on loan, and whether you sign him permanently or not is still remains to be seen. I'd 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 bet I doubt he'd go back to Real Madrid because realistically. Is he going to get into Real Madrid starting midfield three? No chance. No, Especially bear in mind Valverde's just come up as well. Exactly. Valverde's just come up. Isco has started playing again. Uh, Tony Cruz has found another set of legs somewhere. Modric has found another set of legs somewhere. Casemiro is just destroyed. There's a lot of competition in Real Madrid's midfield already. Yeah. He has already said that he has been talking to Real Madrid in getting an extension for another season. And there's also been talks that Real Madrid are valuing at around 22 million if Arsenal want to sign him. Oh, that's a steal. I reckon that would be one of the steals of the season if we can get him across. Yeah, that is a mass 22 million. Jesus Christ. 22 million. You'd be lucky you get Billy Gilmore for 22 million anymore. And that's no offense to Billy Gilmore. I love the bloke and he's a solid midfielder. But I'm just saying that's how ridiculous prices of players are getting now. Obviously, before the restart back in 
Unai Emery <laughs> period. We don't want to talk about that period. He just wasn't getting games. He wasn't being played. Yeah, that's the thing. It wasn't like he wasn't performing bad. Just people didn't you didn't didn't want to play him for some reason. But since Arteta came in, something happened. Something yeah, happened. He brought him into the first eleven, and he's just been class. Oh yeah, no, don't don't get me wrong. He's he's been. I I it pains me to say it. Like genuinely, I don't like to talk about it because obviously you you know you've been Arsenal, but <sighs> he has been. I I'd say up there. Since, especially since the restart, probably up there with the best midfielders in the Prem. Him, yeah, Kovacic, De Bruyne and um, Bruno Fernandes have been probably yeah. the top four midfielders in the Premier League. Yeah, I'd agree with um, that, to be fair. But, I, 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 I mean, I think he's, like I said, you've seen how he plays. We seen, saw how he played in the FA Cup. He got man of the match in the FA Cup um, as well. So, clearly... A lot of people are seeing the same talent in him. Um, but if he does go, you're saying Thomas Partey should be his replacement, yeah? Yeah. And he's got a release clause in him. We've just got money from qualifying for Europe, winning the FA Cup. We True. should pay it. Yeah. What's, do you know what his release clause is? 50 million. Or 50 million? Mm-hmm. Is that it? Mind you, he's, he's not. if he was 21, he'd probably be about 100 million. But... Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fair. Right, I've got a. I've come up with a couple of um, players for you. First one, Christopher Julian. Plays for Celtic, centre back. He's twenty-seven years old. All right. Obviously, he's not. He's not young, but he's. I wouldn't say he's old either. I'd probably say he's in his prime. Prime uh, stages of his career. Yeah. Now, I've been looking. I've been looking at him because I've been looking a lot into the Scottish league, and I think it's an. Un- in my opinion, I think it's quite an underrated league. Don't get me wrong; it isn't up there with top five leagues in the world. Like I'm not deluded, but at the same time, um, I don't think it's a bad shout. I'm going to and... read off a couple of stats for you. Yep. He's got... So, per, per per game, he averages about five and a half to six defensive duels per 90. Mm-hmm. Right, so, it's it's not a lot. It's not um, a lot by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, to name a few that are getting more than him, you've got Damian McGregor, and I think it's William Duffy, uh, who have n- between nine and ten joules per 90 so close to double what he's got difference with those guys is he is averaging a 75 to 80 percent win rate on all of his jewels which if you look back at van dyke's time at celtic it's the same van dyke numbers obviously van dyke was seven eight years younger when he was playing at celtic than this bloke but um, if you're if you're talking about a player that's going to come in next season, and is going to shore up the midfield, uh, the midfield. What am I about? Sorry, the defense. He's got to be the guy, surely. I mean, it it's, it could if that if that ha- it could be another steal from Celtic. I mean, I think 
Kieran Tierney for 20 million last transfer window, based yeah. on how he's playing now, was an incredible signing. Exactly. And this is the thing as well, because the Scottish League, if you, I don't know if you've ever watched a Scottish League game, but they're really physical. I mean, you've seen the challenges all over YouTube and Instagram yeah, that they put in yeah. in the Celtic Rangers games. It's probably, other than the, probably the championship, I'd say the Scottish League is the closest thing to Premier League football you're going to get outside of the Premier League. Yeah. So I think if you brought him in, it, he'd A, take less time to adjust. B, he'd still probably keep putting up the same good numbers he's putting up. And C, is that ABC? Yeah, that's how it goes. And C, he's still got another three, four seasons, I reckon, in him where he's going to be playing at his prime. I'm not going to lie to you, he's not the quickest centre-back. But he's... He's one of those players. One of the things that I've seen with Arsenal is that it seems like you have a problem defending one on one. If you look at a Pulisic goal, it was simply, it was literally just a through ball, and then Giroud flicked it to Pulisic, and Pulisic just flicked one between each centre back and then scored. With this Julian bloke, I don't think it would happen. Obviously, you don't concede all that goal every game, week in, week out. But I just think that Pulisic, that Pulisic goal was well crafted. I mean, oh, it was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a smart flick well. on from Giroud. I mean, it was well crafted. But I, I okay, I'm trying to think of it was goals too easy conceded. for him. It was too um, easy for him. I mean, we've conceded a lot. Uh, the the other stat I want to throw at you, and this is really interesting. He's, I'd say, average in terms of numbers of aerial duels he takes per game. He's averaging about eight to nine aerial duels a game. But he's got a success rate of 85% aerial duels. Yeah. Which is another big thing that you've been lacking. Obviously, David Louise has been been up there with um, winning headers and everything. But like you said, his consistency is is an issue. And I think this this guy will come in and uh, do do a good job. Final stat is his possession stat. He averages about 55 to 60 passes a game, which is good for a centre-back, I'd say. And he's got a pass success rate of 87.5%. There are mid, I mean, there's midfielders in the Premier League that aren't averaging levels like that and he's also got um out of sorry and out of all the passes he makes per game he a third of them are forward which is again another thing that you've been lacking with i mean you say it to me all the time all we end up doing is just playing it around the back around the back around the back and like you said to me, it gets to a point where the football's just boring because you just pl- pass in between two centre-backs. So realistically, this guy could come in and do a job, um, to be honest. What do, you, what do you think, based off of those stats? I, I reckon we do need centre-backs. And, well, Celtic are a club that we've bought from before and 
Clearly, mm. they've come out playing well. They've been linked to a couple of them. I think Ayer's the other one. The uh, I think he's from Norway. He's from, oh, he's, yeah. he's uh, about twenty-two. From, yeah, uh, I, I was going to suggest him for my for Chelsea. <laughs> I oh, were you? Gonna, yeah, I was going to say that's one of the players that uh, Chelsea, Ch- Chelsea, Chelsea. Oh my God, Chelsea could sign. Uh, I, th- I think I think I think he'd be quite a, a decent signing. But going off of that, we've spoken about the Arsenal transfers long enough. Let's go on to Chelsea. Oh, God. Obviously, you've got a lot of places. To, you've been rumoured with everyone and every, like literally everyone. Yeah. Declan Rice. You've been Yano Black, Onana, Yano Black, Onana, uh, Dean Henderson. Uh, mm. Literally everyone. Ben Chilwell is one that's still oh, yeah. a bit out there. Who do you think? would actually properly improve the Chelsea team? Well, obviously goalkeepers. Like, let's yeah. let's not yeah. kid ourselves. Majority of the reason we've conceded this season is because of our goalkeeper. Like, yeah. I don't know what the scouters were smoking when they said, yeah, this guy highest and most expensive goalkeeper in the Prem and well most expensive in the world um, whatever they were smoking it was clearly hallucinogenics and whatnot because he is far from class He, I'll, I'll give him credit where credit's due He's had games where he's been decent. I mean, I could count on one hand the amount of games he's been a good good goalkeeper. To name one, I'd say the Liverpool game. Like the quarterfinal against Liverpool, he got a clean sheet. I think he made like five rows in succession. Uh, five rows? Five saves in a row. Um, I'd say he's probably had his best game against Liverpool in the quarterfinal in the FA Cup. But he has been shocking. In terms of who I think the best player would be to come in and play, at first I was thinking Onana. Because obviously we we all remember his games, the game against Real Madrid in the Champions League. Um, game against Spurs. Game against Spurs. The first game, the first obviously. Leg. Yeah, I think go as well for him. But then I see. I wouldn't even blame him. I think that was literally just Spurs had all the momentum. They had everything going for them, and that I mean the the only goal I'd blame him for is the last goal because it was literally a p roller into the bottom corner. Yeah. But even then, I I wouldn't say he had a bad performance against Spurs. Point point I'm making is he he had a good season last season. He's had a, has had a good season in the Eredivisie this season. But he hasn't had the defence of Daly Blind and Matthias De Ligt in front of him. And he's, I think actually, he's conceded something like 10, 15 more goals this season than he did last season. Obviously, when you put it in comparison, that's not a lot. Yeah. But if he's conceding more goals with a weaker defence... How the fuck is he going to survive with the Chelsea defence? Honestly, I reckon your best bet is probably either Jan Oblak mm. or Dean Henderson. Because if we're talking about being solid with a 
shaky defence in front of you, I think Dean Henderson has to be up there because obviously yeah. in that Sheffield United side, he was class. Mm. Don't, oh yeah, 100%. It's whether United are going to let him go because they've got quite a dodgy decision to make here, whether they let Dean Henderson play next season or whether they carry on with David De Gea, who has not been at his best. Yeah. I mean... Lately. I think it's a difficult one. I think if you, I look at it this way, if we want a quick fix solution that's probably going to save us for two, three seasons, we want Jan Oblak. Jan Oblak, yeah. Because although, yes, he's playing in a fantastic Atletico Madrid defence, mm. he's still a world-class keeper. And he's been there when they were playing bloody Savage in defence and was still getting the same numbers. True. And like you said, don't get me wrong, your point is completely valid about Henson. Like, you look at the Sheffield United defence, you've got Steve, what's his name? Steve Roger. I can't even, no, that's Captain fucking Captain America. What am I on about? Um, you've got that Egan bloke. If you, you haven't got anything to shout about with the Sheffield United defence. It's not like a standout defender that's been amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, but I think... Dean Henderson is more of a project player in terms of we sign him. He might have a shaky half a season or shaky first season because obviously he's playing with different team. He's got a massive... I mean, this is the other thing. You, whoever, Whatever keeper you sign has now got a massive expectation on their shoulders because they're essentially replacing the most expensive keeper in the world. Well, if you sign Jan Oblak, he would then be the most expensive keeper in the world. He's, I don't know how long he's got. I don't think he will be because I don't know how long he's got left on his contract. Well, he's rumoured to be going for about 80 million. Oh, Christ. Well, Kepa went for what, 72? 72, yeah. But then the, other, the only thing I'd say about Kepa is the only reason he went 72, and I only read this up the other day, when we signed him, he had three years left on his contract. Right. So it wasn't, if, he, if it had been, he had had six months left on his contract. And we just went to Bill Bow's door and said, is 72 and a half million, let us have Kepa. It was, okay, you've got three years left on your contract. We need to pay enough to cover that three years and the transfer fee. So I think if Kepa had less time on his contract, he wouldn't have been 72 million. Yeah, the thing is, is it, it was a, you could say that the, uh, obviously the scout wasn't, very correct in saying that he had the ability, but it's happened before. It, it was just an unsuccessful one. It's like Liverpool got uh, Alisson from Roma for 50 million. Mm. Man City got uh, Edison from Benfica for 20 million, coming from outside leagues and bringing mm. them in when they weren't exactly, they weren't exactly setting the world light in the other leagues. But you brought him in from, was it Athletic Club for Ath- 72 Athletic. million? I think it's over Athletic. I think it was Athletic Club, Bilbao. Uh, for what 72 million it, it yeah. didn't work out it, it but then, didn't work out too brilliant look, at the end of the day I think I think we need to make two signings we need to get rid of Caballero not that I don't think Caballero is a great keeper he's been good for us don't get me wrong he's probably been I'd, I'd, I'd value him higher in t- not in terms of transfers but as in, I would rate Caballero a better keeper than Kepa. 
based off of yeah. his performance in a Chelsea shirt compared to Kevin in the Wolves game. Yeah, he, he's and he's been about the. I mean, he's been in the Prem for however many years now because I think he signed for City back in like 2015 or something, 2014. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't remember. Anyway. Um, we need to get rid of Caballero and get a young keeper that's a project keeper, even if that means bringing in an academy keeper and just working on him. And then we need a keeper like Jan Oblak, who's not young, he's not old, but he's not young, who's going to be at the club for maybe three, four seasons or be able to play three, four more seasons. Um so we have enough time to have a good keeper in goal that we can rely on whilst building a young keeper to then go on and replace Oblak. Yeah. Because this is the thing. That's what we did. We had Czech as our main keeper and then Courtois was our young project keeper that kept getting loaned out to Atletico Madrid every year until he got to a point where he was probably one of the best keepers in the Liga. And then we turned around to Czech and said, right, Czech, you're 31 now, mate. You're getting a bit on. We're going to start Courtois. We're going to sell you to Arsenal. Yeah, we're going to sell you to Arsenal so you can help us win Europa League and then we're going to start Courtois instead. Um, So that's what we did. We had a plan. We knew once Czech was getting too old and once he was on his last legs, we would bring in Courtois. We brought in Courtois and arguably he went on to be probably the best keeper in the Premier League at the time. At the time. Arguably. And and at the time, obviously, I'm not talking all time. I'm not that deluded. Bloody yeah, up. the thing is, if, if you think about it, at, at the time, Liverpool had Mignolet, Man City had Joe Hart, uh, Man United, United had still had De Gea. I mean, yeah, that, that was the biggest rivalry. It was Courtois yeah. De Gea because Ars- yeah. Arsenal had. You could argue I'd I'd throw Lloris into that mix, younger Lloris especially. Like, wouldn't you? Or not? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Lloris was good. Ar- Arsenal had what? It was back back then. It would have been. It wouldn't We're, have been Czech. Would it, it probably would have been Czech back no, then. No, who did you have between Chesney and uh, Czech? I think was it, I want to say Ospina. No, I Ospina was played, there. With... I think we played Ospina, but I think I think we played Ospina between then. Mm. It, it. He wasn't great. He no, wasn't, he, he wasn't very he good. Wasn't, he wasn't anything to shout about. I mean, um, he played that FA Cup final back in 2017 and he played all right, but that was his one game. That's the one game he's played yeah. that he actually did. But yeah, he stood out. Very and... well. Yeah, exactly. But now um, we're, we're good for keepers now. Our, both our keepers are solid. It's going to be a tough decision next season who gets to start. I think I think you have to start Leno. Be realistic. You have to start Leno. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, lot of pressure coming in saying that Emmy Martinez is going to go to Leeds, them coming up to the Prem. Do you um, know what? I think if they do get him, the cracking well, signing for, like, for Leeds. He's been, he's been at Arsenal for 10 years. I, I don't... It's whether he's going to want to leave. He seems pretty... Really sickly. Would you... I would rather be the number one at Leeds than be the number two at uh, Arsenal. Especially when it comes to keepers because it's very rare for a keeper to be swapped out unless they're diabolical like Kepa or injuries. So, yeah, you know, it, anyway, um, I've got two names for you, right? Other than goalkeepers that I want to bring in, obviously, Christopher Ager, 22 yeah. years of age. He's basically like he's got the same numbers as um, Julian, as Julian, mm-hmm. um, 
obviously he's younger, so he's got the ability to um, like move forward and progress. The only other thing is he's played in midfield for Norway, um, specifically um, Norway's under-21s. So I think, I think he, I see the way I see him is like when Chelsea first signed David Luiz. Yeah, we signed him as a CDM. Obviously, A was a, a centre back, but in terms of we signed him as a CDM, we knew he could play centre back as well. We were playing in both positions just to see what the best fit was, and kind of almost just if we needed someone to play centre back, he played centre back. If we needed someone to play holding midfield, he played holding midfield. Um, but this guy's stats, I mean, again, to read you just some of them, um, you're looking at, I think he's got like a interceptions, interceptions per 90. He's looking at, where is he? He's looking at quite a low number, actually. That's not the best stat to give him. I've just made him look shocking. Um, His possession stats. Right, here we go. He averages 75 passes per game with a passing accuracy of 93.5%. It's good if uh, you want to start playing at the back. uh, Is that Chelsea style of football? Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking counter-attacking. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. And and he's got a lot more forward passes than Julian. He he averages about twenty eight, twenty nine, maybe nearly thirty forward passes a game, which is good. Um, what else are we looking at? We're looking at. Well, I I would clock actually. Do you know what? I'd put him at a, as a goal threat. So shots per ninety. Obviously, he's a centre-back. He doesn't... He's not going to average seven, eight shots a game. He's averaging a shot a game. Yeah. But in the... Sorry, but per um, half season... They've done it really weirdly, this page. Per half season, he's averaging four non-penalty goals. So, if he's taking a shot a game, and there's 38 games a season, so you're looking at what? 19 games, he's scoring... Four goals ish within nineteen games, whilst taking nineteen shots in those games. That's not a bad output for a centre back either. So he's clearly, uh, uh, you know, a goal, um, clearly a heading threat. Um, and also, he's he's obviously the youngest in that two from uh, Celtic. And like I said, you know, the physicality of the Scottish league is pretty much on par with the physicality of the Prem. So I'd happily see him slot in at centre-back. In terms of who I'd get rid of, for me, Rudiger, everyone, this is the thing, Chelsea fans, for some reason, are now giving Rudiger shit. Why, I don't know, because I think Rudiger's our best centre-back we've got. Tomori, again, he's probably the second best centre-back we've got. He's just he's just made out of glass. Oh, where does Kurt Zuma rank in this? Kurt Zuma's number four for me. Uh, number three being Azpilicueta. Christiansen. 
Christensen. Oh, well, Asper Leclerc has been playing centre back role recently. So where would you put him in terms of playing as a centre back? I'd play him left back. Fair enough. I'd play him either. I'd play him left back or I'd transfer him. Don't get me wrong. I do like. Oh, I say I like him. I'm hit and miss with him. I think he's getting to an age now where he's obviously not the quickest anymore. He's not the most physical either. And I mean, you, look at your look at your Bamian penalty. He misjudged a header, couldn't get back. Obviously, your Bamian's like rapid, but anyway, he couldn't get back. And then he stupidly just kind of rush rush raced about, panicked, gave away a penalty. Yeah. Right. I think he's past his prime. Don't get me wrong, he's a good leader and I don't know who would captain the side instead of him. I'd probably give the captain's badge to Rudiger because he's so vocal. Um, but yeah, I'd probably ship out Christensen. I'm sorry, I'd probably ship out Zuma and Aspilicueta and then bring in Aya, put Christensen as the reserve and then play of back three of Rudiger, Tamori and Aya. Aya probably on the left because I think he's got quite a good left foot. Rudiger central and then Tamori on that right hand side. Yeah, the other name I want is Tamori is pretty good, but oh, I've really seen that much of him. Yeah, but then again, because he's been made out of glass, like he's just had. I think he's had two injuries this season, not big ones, but they're still injuries. Um, and I think Frank didn't want to put him in for the the restart of the season because he just didn't want to risk it. I'd rather have a fully fit Tamori for next season than a half-fit Tamori for the last five games of the Premier League. Um, so, you yeah, know, I think Frank was right, right to do that. But next season, this is the thing. I think either he's going to be great or he's going to be like hudson Doy, have a big injury, miss a lot of games, lose all of your momentum and just turn to shit. <laughs> I, I, that's what I think will happen. I, either he'll be great or turn to shit. Fair the enough. other name I wanted to throw in the hat is a man by the name of Charlie John Daniels. Plays for Bournemouth. That's, he's like 30, 30 he's, 30. he's 33. Why? Uh, no, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. All right. There's this, I can't remember the name of the kid, but there's this kid who plays in the uh, under-17s team who is absolutely quality. Like, I've seen Youth Academy highlights of this kid. I'm going to try and look it up now. He's been nothing short of insane for Chelsea. Um, so, my logic with this is, Charlie Daniels, obviously, he's been great for Bournemouth. He's just been relegated, so he's going to want to play in the Prem. Right? right. He's, born, he's born in Harlow, for starters. So, you know, he's local boy. Um, he's... Had a few injuries himself, so he's a bit injury prone. But I'd say the reason I want him to start is his numbers are above average for experience. a 30, 33 year old. Exactly, he's experienced, his numbers are above average. He's not the quickest, but he doesn't get as forward as much as someone like Marcus Alonso or Emerson Palmieri. Mm. Palmieri is dog shite. Like he's, I haven't seen him in ages. I don't know where terrible. he went. He had one good game for us in the Champions League. Oh no, that was that wasn't even him. That was Zappa Costa. What am I on about? When you know when Zappa Costa scored that halfway line goal? Yeah, I thought I thought that was Palmieri. It wasn't. It was Zappa Costa. Um, he hasn't even had a good game for us then that I can remember. 
Um, and Marcus Alonso, I mean, look, attacking-wise and against Spurs, he's incredible. <laughs> the only, he only ever takes against Spurs, to, yeah. He only ever seems to show up against Spurs. I don't know against why. Against Spurs, he can bang in a cracking free kick and, and shoot and across it. the box, and uh, yeah. he just he just plays brilliantly. Exactly. But he, he he does suit the left left wing back, left mid position rather than the left back. I think that's why Frank Lampard started playing a bit more of a five at the back to kind of oh, suit his needs. Hundred percent. A hundred percent, but mainly because this is what I'm saying. Because we don't have an out and out left back. We've played we played Aspilicueta left back, and it it worked. And then we obviously got absolutely battered by um, Sheffield, so that stopped, and we went to a five back formation. And then that the five back formation works. So we stuck in a five back, and I I get sticking with five back. And with the current players we've got, the five back is our best formation we've got. But with if you bring Charlie Daniels into the equation and chuck him at left back, it's class, you know? I think I think our defence would be a lot more solid if we had Rudiger and Ayer as our two centre backs, Reese James on the right and Charlie Daniels on the left. But I, think, I wasn't expecting you to go down. I mean, 33, I mean, I suppose he has got experience, but I think he's literally probably got about a year left in him. But then it's he's, he's, he's going to be look, he's going to be playing for Championship Bournemouth. They're not going to be asking for a lot. I'm talking a quick. I'm not saying Charlie Daniels is going to be playing for Chelsea for the next ten years. I'm saying Charlie Daniels is going to be playing for Chelsea for a year, maybe two. Then we'll ship him off, try and break even, and bring in either an academy player or a young left back. Because we've. Think about what. Well, hang on, we've spent all of the Hazard money on Ziyech and Werner, so the Hazard money is now gone. If Havertz comes in, and it's looking like he's going to come in, that's another fifty mil down. Fifty mil we're down. If we're then looking to bring in Jan Black as well, I know we've obviously got a massive transfer pot this year because we didn't have it last year. But if we're looking to bring in Jan Oblak, and you're, if you're saying, what, 80 million, that's already 130 million more than we ha- we started with that we've spent now. I reckon you could bring a Charlie da- someone like Charlie Daniels in at left back to do a solid job for, for a season for maybe 5 mil, 10 mil at most. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I, then they're not going to keep him for that much. I mean, he doesn't even play. I don't even think he plays for Bournemouth. I think he's been replaced with Kelly. Well, there you go, youngster. I think he. I, I mean, think he, I think he's on the bench. I'd be. I. I mean, I. I've rated him ever since he scored that goal against City. Do you remember when he it came out to him on the left? He just drilled it into that top right. Yeah. Ever since then, I've kind of focused on him. Not not focused on him, but whenever I've watched the 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 Bournemouth games, I've looked at him and gone, "Do you know what? He's actually." He's actually decent. Like he's he might be thirty three, but he's actually very good. Um, in terms of achievements he's made, don't get me wrong, he hasn't set the world alight. I mean, his most notable achievement is the um, twenty twelve twenty thirteen uh, player of oh sorry, not even player of the year, just in the team of the year for the football league one. So make of that what you will. Um, I'm trying to think who he was playing for then. 2013. Oh, he, would, he was playing for Bournemouth in League One. 
So he was still at Bournemouth. He's been at Bournemouth since 2011, actually. Been at Bournemouth a long time. Yeah, he's been there a very long time. Um, so yeah, like like I said, I think he'd be great. Um, I think he'd be great. Right. I think it's time we should finish up with the uh, future stars to look. One for... more thing. One more oh, thing yeah, in terms on. of transfers. We glossed over one of the keepers. We talked Dean Henderson or Black. Couple of keepers. One, one we actually completely forgot about, and it's the one that they're actually closest to signing, and that's Pope. Oh, yeah, I forgot Nick about Pope. Pope is actually who they're closest to. So that's the closest that they're reaching a deal with. Obviously, just came second uh, with the Golden Glove to, obviously, Edison, who won it. Mm. He's been good this season. Obviously, you were talking about you need a keeper who doesn't rely on the defence, and he's been at Burnley. <laughs> I see you say that Tarkovsky has had an incredible season. Tarkovsky, no, to be fair, Tarkovsky has had an absolutely uh, he's had a blinder this season. Yeah, he has. He's, he's been incredible. Um, uh, but still, no, I'm not taking obviously, I'm not taking credit away from Pope. He has been good, he's been very good for Burnley. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't watched enough Burnley games to sit there and say I would want him in my team. Obviously. obviously I'll be honest, at this point, I wouldn't object to anybody coming in and replacing Kepa. Yeah. <laughs> you could bring in some random, like, American guy or some random bloody, I don't know, Sri Lankan bloke from the, the Ukrainian League who nobody in the world other than his parents know exist. And I'd still rather have him start than Kepa. I, that's genuinely how much I despise Kepa at the moment. Um, he's got a foul attitude. T-Rex that's, hands. Yeah, Papadom hands he has. He's the same. He's, much, he's something with Spanish keepers and having hands that melt. To be honest, it's all been downhill since that, um, what was it, the Carabao Cup final? Yeah, yeah. Whatever he was, it was. That's the thing. Sorry. He was all right before then. I can remember. He, oh, don't get me wrong. He wasn't great he wasn't I mean he pretty much million. pushed Sarri out of the club it's, it's all been downhill yeah. since then I mean I admittedly I think I don't even think Sarri wanted to be Chelsea manager when he first arrived let alone after everything that happened with Kepa and everything um, yeah but I don't actually think he wanted to be the manager of Chelsea I think he always wanted to be the Juventus manager it's just that he was at Juventus at the time uh what was coaching it was Allegri, wasn't it? I possibly, possibly. Um, whoever, it, well, whoever it was, that they weren't looking like they were going to lose their position unless they stepped down. And I think the reason he took the Chelsea job was because he just thought it's a step closer to Juventus. Um, and he was right because obviously he ended up getting the Juventus job afterwards. Um, but yeah, I look. He was like I said, he was all right. He wasn't seventy-two million, but he was all right before that Carabao Cup game. And then I think something snapped him in, in him or something. Um, and obviously Chelsea fans weren't really too happy with how he reacted. And like you said, it's just been it's just been downhill since. But yeah, no, Nick Pope. Um, I I I'd, I'd happily take him. I probably wouldn't pay an excess of thirty five million for Pope. I think thirty five million is where I draw the line. Um, I don't know. I, I might have a look at how much Chelsea are rumoured to be paying for Pope. But I, listen, if he came second for the Golden Glove, he's clearly doing something. Um, clearly doing something right. Um, yeah. You type up Nick Pope, and the second thing that comes up is Chelsea. 
See, ah, right, okay, here we go. So I've just read that apparently, this is according to TalkSport, that we are offering a £50 million um, deal for Nick Pope. And that could be that could be lowered if we're willing to shift off. I think it's Connor Gallagher. Fair enough. If we're willing to exchange Connor Gallagher for Nick Pope, I think they they reckon the fee could be halved. So I um uh, I don't know actually. A part of me wants to see uh, Connor Gallagher stay at the club, but no, Nick Pope's an interesting one. I'd like to see um I'd like to see how we do. Right, yeah. future stars players for next yeah, season. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. Do you want to run me through your youngster? Right. Okay. So we're just picking the one that we're looking at next season. Yeah, right. the one that you're going to be looking at. All right. There's there's plenty to choose from at the moment. Oh yeah. Abundance. Um, I I reckon I reckon the obvious one that everyone will be looking at is Ansu Fati next year. Okay. He's just come in. He's actually been playing very well in the Liga alongside Messi and Suarez because I think he's benched Griezmann. Right. I think he's benched Griezmann to play, and wow. I think I, I think he will he will just destroy. Uh, the, he's sixteen, and he's benched Griezmann. Jesus, he's I. He's younger I, than I, us. I think he's he's younger than us, and he has benched Antoine Griezmann yeah, to play in just, the Barcelona team. Jesus Christ, that says a lot. He will probably play against Napoli. Right. Oh, that'll be exciting. Then I'll look forward to seeing that. And actually, unless Barcelona will play Griezmann and Napoli, but I reckon he'll be. I reckon he'll be. I reckon he'll play minutes against Napoli. Mm, yeah. I reckon he'll definitely play in minutes. But there, there are so many young options. But I think he is just levels above all of the other ones because he is getting all that first team football. Okay, fair enough. So you're going going with Ansu Fati, yeah? I'll go with Ansu Fati, yeah. I'm going for similar, but well, I say similar, completely opposite. Um, <laughs> Eduardo Camavinga. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Eighteen right. years, uh, eighteen years old. He was on the list. Tenth um, of November two thousand and two, he was born. So again, mm-hmm. not a lot older than me. Um, he's not played he, right. Okay, that he's played twenty four games in the league in this season. Mm-hmm. One goal, two assists. Not, yep. not the best. Don't get me wrong, not the best, but. He plays a very holding role. He has seen, I, the way I when I've seen him play, he's played as almost as a third centre back. So when you think about it in that respect, he's not doing half bad. He's had six yellow cards, and sorry, he's had six yellow cards in the Liga, and one red card in the Europa League for France. He's under twenty ones. Yeah. So there's a. A little bit of a disciplinary issue, a little bit, not a lot, but you know, it, six yellow cards in twenty-four games isn't great. He averages about ninety to ninety-five percent possession a game, so he, he he's good at keeping the ball. Um, he doesn't really win win many aerials, um, and he takes less than one shot a game. So again, you're looking at his goals contribution, and it's not 
that bad. But he's his main thing is he's had three man of the match performances for Stad Renee, which are obviously not the greatest team in Ligue 1. Um, and he's he yes, yeah, so he's played majority of his appearances as a as as a holding midfielder role just in front of the centre backs. Um and his his main problem is he's very good at tackling and he's got a high tackling percentage. It's just he also gives away a lot of fouls. So he ta- he makes a lot of tackles and has a lot of successful tackles, but because he, he makes that many tackles, he also gets a lot of fouls. Um but he's he's also a good drib- dribbler of the ball and gets fouled often as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's. I I think he's solid. Um, I, th- I, th- I think he's a solid pick, to be honest. I mean, he's sixteen. And he's playing starting eleven football in a CDM role. I think because I was doing my research on him beforehand because he was on the list and mm. in Europe's five major leagues: so Spain, France, England, Italy, you know, Germany. Uh, mm. The only player to have played starting eleven football in a holding role like that kind of because it's quite a big role. There's yeah, a lot massive of, role. There's a there's a lot of like responsibilities that you have playing in mm. that role. The only player that's been able to do that at that age was Cesc Fabregas. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah, you're right, yeah. And obviously, what, what you look to who he what he what he became after that, obviously Arsenal and Chelsea, and, well, and Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah, he was he was. A legend, yeah, a hundred realistically. So he could be following the same path. Now, the only worry I've got with this Camavinga bloke is he's had two injuries in his youth career mm. already. He's sixteen years old and he's had two, not major injuries, but he's had two injuries. Um, it doesn't specify how long, what injury it was, whether whether it was a crucial ligament or anything like that. Um, so it could have literally just been. He bruised his elbow and got a headache or something. Like you don't know, um, but no, like you said, he, he's playing in a in a massive role. He is um, he's doing bits really. I mean, I, I can see him. Like you said, I don't think I I, I don't think he's going to be like a Fabregas. I think he's going to be like a Xavi, if anybody. Hmm. Um, I think eventually he'll get a signing at a PSG or. A- Someone, someone big, but it's what they. I think what could decide his career is where he chooses to. I don't think he'll be a one club wonder. A one club wonder. I don't think. I don't. Stay. It, I don't think so. It's Stad Rene. Unless Stad Rene have a good season, get enough funds that they can bolster their squad and become one of the the top four teams in Ligue 1, I can't imagine him staying at all. No. I mean, it's um, a bit like uh, Monaco. There was no way Monaco were keeping Mbappe. Oh no, I mean, no, no, no! To be honest, Monaco just shipped their whole team off as soon as they won the league. But, th- but then that's what Monaco do: they get good players, they ship them off, and then they rebuild with the money that they got. Get good players, ship them off, and rebuild. It's just a constant cycle with Monaco. Um, they did it. They've done it with loads of players. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm trying to think like back in FIFA. I'm saying FIFA 13 because that's how I remember it. But back in like 2012, 2013. All the players that they had at Monaco then, they had like Yannick Carrasco. Um, obviously, he's not as big anymore, but he did go on to have a bloody good career. Well, I mean, he's back. He's back at Atletico now. He ruined his career. Yeah, I think he. I think he, he realised he went to China too early. Yeah, the China. Well, same with Witzel, wasn't it? Witzel went from yeah. Zenit to China, 
realised mm. it was a massive mistake and then obviously he's now tearing up the Bundesliga. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's I'd compare Kamavinga to Witzel in terms of the way he plays, the aggression, the strength and everything. And also, like, like you said, he's 17 years old and he's playing a holding midfield role. So he must be pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think that is it. Unless you've got anything else you want to add? No, yeah, I think I think that about sums up. Yeah. yeah. Right, so uh, thank you everyone for uh, listening to this uh, first instalment. Um, I'm going to link Craig and, Craig's socials and my socials in the description of the podcast. So if you want to go check them out, uh, feel free. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll... Um, should we do this a weekly thing, monthly thing, or what? How do you want to guess weekly thing? Probably would be better. But yeah, um, if anybody wants to appear on the podcast as well, um, I'll link my email so you can email me uh, to appear on the podcast. And yeah, I hope, uh, hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, we'll see you with next, week, next week's instalment.